0: Gonna need a bigger boat.
1: Oh what a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend. You are a toy! I oh, she wouldn't even harm a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do
0: you speak it! Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming,
1: swimming. And welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And last week was Mother's Day, and Josh, of course, came to us with a kind of horror-themed mother- or mother-themed horror movie, I guess you could say, with uh, Goodnight Mommy. So me, being me, thought, you know what, let's do a science fiction thriller with a mother theme. (laughs) Now, this was kind of a, um, this was kind of a double blind spot for both of us, because this is one of those movies that's been on my Netflix queue, like, since it came out, but I just haven't watched it yet. So I finally, uh, finally got around to watching it. And, uh, that is I Am Mother from 2019. Came out, um, I believe it was, it first came out in, uh, at Sundance. It premiered at Sundance January of 2019, and then Netflix put it out in June of 2019. But, uh... This one has a Rotten Tomato Critic score of 90% and an audience score of 76%. So pretty good all around. Um, written by Grant. I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna mispronounce this, but Grant Sputore, I think? I don't know. And Michael Lloyd Green, and directed by Grant Sputori So what we have here is kind of a post-apocalyptic thriller. Um as far as we know mankind has been erased and this robot has been placed in this underground bunker with the the objective to basically repopulate the human race and yep. what i just i just thought that was a fascinating idea for a movie um brings a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of questions into things like how can you program motherhood how can you program that kind of care and instinct into a robot. So, and uh pretty interesting. What did you think of it, Josh? Just before we get into it. Like, what 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 was your what was your opinion of it?
0: Yeah, it's OK. I'm not a huge just straight sci-fi person. Mm hmm. So.
1: If it's if sci-fi. I, it leans
0: more towards the horror side, obviously. Yeah, right. I was so about to say it's if it's sci-fi, sci-fi horror. really isn't. Yes, yes, exactly.
1: Okay. Well, I remember, um, I think it was, was it 2015 or 2016 when Chappie came out? I just remember being so disappointed by that movie. Like, I loved the aesthetic of it. I love the, I love Neil Blomkamp's vision of the future just about any time. Like, his futures are never right. um, clean and shiny and all, you know, squeaky. And like, like, like this one kind of was um but uh yeah when Chappie came out i was very disappointed with it um because it was just basically i mean and neil blumkamp had said like basically I, my idea was what happened if these two hip-hop artists i cannot remember how to pronounce their name die Antword or whatever um they're like yeah um what happened if these two had a kid to raise basically and uh the, the results I, were very I,
0: I actually had the uh had the opposite reaction to that because you had said it was so bad you were so disappointed that when i finally did watch it i was like ah eh, i enjoyed this quite a bit actually baby because you had beaten it down so much i was able to enjoy
1: it well <laughs> if you had gone into it with higher expectations do you think you would have enjoyed it that that's what i'm saying maybe uh-huh. i don't know
0: but that's why I say maybe because you had lowered my expectations for me by talking about it, I couldn't I, do anything but enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I've I've had that same I've had that same effect before or that same uh, feeling before. In fact, my dad actually watched I Am Mother before I ever did, and his takeaway wow. was yeah yeah yeah. And his takeaway well he really liked Hillary Swank because he really liked Million Dollar okay. Baby. Um, oh, so like yeah. anytime oh, he sees her anytime he sees her in a movie he's like hey million dollar baby you know Um, so I guess that's why he watched this one but he was like I liked it right up until like the last five minutes and I thought the ending was just really dumb so I was like "Oh, don't tell me <laughs> that so yeah I kind of stayed away from it for a while but now watching it having watched it with that expectation I was like you know what that was alright I liked it I liked it a lot. And apparently the critics did too for it, had, for it to have a 90%. Um, yeah. <laughs> now this, this movie does beg one question because like if you look it up on Box Office Mojo, like the biggest box office return it had was like $600,000. And I understand it's a Netflix movie. So how does Netflix like rate or keep track of how successful their movies are if there's no actual monetary returns for them?
0: Yeah, that I'm not sure of, because I remember even like when uh, there was an Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston movie came out. I don't remember what it was called. Mystery House? I don't know what it was called. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that, oh, uh, how many people had watched it? This movie would have made over $100 million this weekend. I'm like, yes, but that many people probably wouldn't have ventured out to a theater to go see it either. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs)
1: How many people would have paid money to see this in a theater? Uh,
0: yeah, especially like families with kids who have to get babysitters and everything to go do that. They're probably not going to take that chance versus oh, the kids are in bed. We need something to watch. Here it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah,
0: I have no idea how they uh, put a number value on anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, without further ado, let's get into the movie itself. Now it starts with this kind of low or long creeping shot down a hallway while, like, lights are flickering and stuff, you hear what sounds like bombs falling outside. And you see this text pop up on the screen that says, let's see, UNU HWK Reproduction Facility. And then it pops up, Days Since Extinction Event, 1. What? And then, yeah. Human Embryos On Site, 63,000. Mm-hmm. And then humans in the facility, zero. Now, we see where the camera kind of heads into this room and these lights start to come on and we see a robot sitting there in the dark. And these like robot arms come out and start activating it and turning stuff on. And the robot kind of just comes to life. Now, I love the design of this robot because it's a combination of, you know, kind of blocky and scary looking almost but still has kind of you know it's got a, a really smooth shiny faceplate and head so it makes it look a bit more presentable I guess it's kind of like a cross it like it's like if you made a cross between a PC and a Mac or something like that <laughs> Now did you recognize this face?
0: The, the face, face of a robot
1: of it? was it was it supposed to be yeah. like HAL 9000 or something?
0: Well the eye specifically were HAL 9000 but actually you're more of a gamer than me. So I thought you might pick up. Apparently there's a lot of references to portal and the face of this. Oh, is one of Oh,
1: I cannot believe I didn't make that connection. Yes. Yes. Mother, her head looks almost exactly like Gladys from portal. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I, I, okay. Another, I thought in, you might pick that up cause I knew you were a gamer. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah. Another, um, crazy ass AI <laughs> that, that also happens to be female. Uh That is, that's awesome. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Now, um, this robot just opens up a case of human embryos with this little kind of a key that pops out of its finger. You know, it's like kind of a waves over the sensor and this thing opens up and there are a bunch of human embryos in there. It takes one of them out and (laughs) this was so crazy. I'm like, where did these embryos come from? How did they, because it's not like, It's not like she has to mix the egg and everything else. It's already there. You can already tell it's a tiny little human. So where did this come from? Where did all of these things come from? (laughs) Um, Maybe they're clones or something. I don't know. But uh, it takes it and places it into this like artificial womb. And then this countdown timer starts for 24 hours. And this whole time, like, the robot's just kind of sitting there, waiting, and you're still hearing booming and explosions coming from above while the robot's waiting. Now, 24 hours later, this baby is fully gestated and ready to come out. like, easy-bake baby oven. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, hey, I I referenced uh, the famous chef Emerald. I was like,
1: bam! (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) Instant baby! (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Now, this was one of the first because like, you know, takes the baby out, cleans it up. And I, I thought it was really a really incredible design choice because the the robot has got this like soft mesh material on the front of it so that when it holds the baby, it warms up. So it like simulates the the warmth of a mother holding its holding her child. Like that is really awesome. That's a great idea. But but there are hundreds of these baby bassinets, but only one robot mother. And I'm like, repopulation's going to take a long time if that's the case. So now we're watching all this. We're watching this montage of this baby growing into a young girl while the song Baby of Mine plays. You know, we see all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the little little kid putting stickers on the robot and and doing origami with a robot. And, you know, just all of this stuff. Still only dance lessons. Yeah, taking dance (laughs) lessons, but still only one robot and this one little girl. And we can see light coming from outside through these big open, these big metal doors at the front of this facility or whatever it is that they're in. And the little girl's like, I don't want to be human. She thinks the humans ruin everything. And Mother's like, no, they're not all bad. And Mother shows her the embryos. Mother says she only made one baby because even she needs to learn. So that, that kind of hopefully explains why there's only one little girl. Now now the next it cuts to this and next maybe, scene. Maybe
0: we should mention mm-hmm. say maybe we should mention
1: that Ro- Rose Byrne is the voice of the mother as well. So Oh, did I not say that? Yes, yes. Rose Byrne is the voice of mother. Now, obviously she didn't do the motion capture for it, but um, no, no, no. Now <laughs> then, then then it cuts to another scene. It says Days Since Extinction Event, 13,867. Now did you do the math when you saw that? I did not, but I read
0: somewhere that should be about thirty-five years old.
1: Yeah, I think. Is yeah, what I, I, I well, I I just I just I know I didn't account for 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 leap years, but uh, but yeah, I I, I divided thirteen thousand eight hundred sixty-seven by three hundred and sixty-five, and I got about thirty-eight years. Okay. I was like thirty-eight years, but this now we see the girl still only one, still the only human. Not she does not look thirty-eight. She looks like she's about sixteen, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's what I put. I was like, is she 16 at this point? That's where, exactly what I put. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't do the math.
1: Um, now she's, she's eating breakfast and Mother tries to pick up her glass of orange juice and she can't, like her hands malfunctioning. And like, I, I thought that was a neat touch. Like even this robot ages, you know, it's like things get older. Yeah, I, um, I like that. You're right, I, I like that. Yeah, but the girl fixes her hand and um, then we see that, you know, this little girl is still in schooling and Mother is posing a question of five people who need organ transplants and no donors. But then one person who has a life-threatening condition comes up and is a match for all five of these people. But the person can be cured. So, like, what are they doing? What, what do you do in that case? And, you know, asking this girl these, like, really tough moral questions. And the girl's like, well, are they good people? Are they liars are they lazy are they murderers are they people who deserve a second chance at life and mother's kind of like don't you think that every human has some kind of intrinsic value and she's like i don't know i don't know so i was i thought this was funny um we get a clip of her of, of daughter see that's her name we've got three basically three characters in this movie you've got mother you've got daughter and you have woman (laughs) <laughs> the woman. <laughs> yep. That's, so that's easy it. to remember names in this movie. Um now daughter is sitting in her bed and her on her little tablet watching old clips from the Johnny Carson show with Johnny Carson interviewing Steve Martin. I thought that was a neat touch. Steve Martin, yep. Yeah. Um but then the lights start to flicker and the power goes out. Now mother is quote unquote asleep. She's recharging. And daughter cannot wake her. So Daughter goes looking around and finds a wire that's been chewed up or cut by something. And she fixes the wire and then sets out a kind of a trap and catches a mouse. A mouse or a rat. I couldn't tell if it was a rat or what. It was a big rodent. Now, my question was, is this the first other living creature this girl has ever seen? Now, Power (laughs) comes back. It kind of seems that way. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Mother wakes up and she's like, mother, look what I found. And mother's just like, this could she, it could be a carrier. It could be a carrier, but daughter's like the mouse is a sign that there is life outside. But the mother puts the mouse in an incinerator. Just up in smoke. Like that's gotta suck. (laughs) Um, and, and mother's like, okay, we need to decontaminate this area. I need your, or I need your, um, your pajamas from that night, so we can decontaminate them. So next, it's daughter's birthday, and mother has a has a gift for her, and it's a <clears throat> pair of pajamas. <laughs> like, yay! Yay! She's like, so I know I, how much you
0: love those pajamas.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what el- what else are you gonna get her? It's not like you, it's not like you can go to Target or something. We're kind of underground, <laughs> and humanity is dead, so. What's the point of even having birthdays? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Mother knows that something is troubling Daughter. It's like, what's wrong? What is troubling you? And Daughter asks "How?" Mo- asks Mother how she knows she's not wrong. You know, she's like, there could be other living things outside. Mother, And she's like, you could go look. And Mother's like, I would become a risk to you if I were to go outside. And Mother's like, you should just trust me. She's never been wrong thus far, or at least not that we know of. That night, Daughter goes back to the airlock where she found the mouse and looks out the window of the giant doors into the airlock, these huge metal doors. And she puts on a hazmat suit and starts to open the door when she hears something. She hears a clanking sound coming from outside. She opens the first door and approaches the second door, looks out the window into the outside. And here's someone asking for help. So she gets the other hazmat suit, and puts it in the airlock, and closes the door. Opens the door. And as soon as the door opens, Mo- like all these alarms start going off, and Mother is up and awake and running towards the door.
0: I, I love the scenes where it shows her running. They do it a couple times during the movie. Yeah, I it- really like how they do
1: that. Yeah, it, it looks pretty realistic, I gotta say, for, you know, for CG. Um, now... Daughter looks around, looks out the airlock as a woman, Hillary Swank, steps in. This woman is hurt. She looks. I mean, she's she's holding her side, and she, she, daughter's like, "Okay, put on the suit, put on the hazmat suit," and and then, and she does. So then she's like, "What are you waiting for? Open the door." And and girl's like, "I'm waiting for mother." A daughter tells the woman to stay out of sight, so she just hides. The woman just hides in the airlock. Mother decides, and and you know when mother finally gets into the room, she's like, what are you doing? What are, what are you doing in here? And, um, now mother had, she had mentioned an exam that the daughter had to take earlier. Uh, so mother's like, okay, if you're not going to sleep, we'll just do your exam now. It's like, what yep. kind of exam is she talking about? Exactly. Um, and apparently that's another reference
0: to portal that this girl is trapped and has to do a series of tests that, yeah, that is, I don't a, I, well, is it, what it, I read. It's so. a, it, it's <laughs> a
1: very, it's a very, striking similarity to portal because yes in portal you are you are trapped in this facility while gladys makes you do all these tests (laughs) i can't believe i didn't catch that portal 2 was like one of the greatest video game sequels of all time (laughs) and it kills me that we haven't had a third one yet i can't believe i didn't catch that
0: um even down to the part near the end where she ends up having to strip down to like the white tank top apparently that was a reference to portal as well yeah yeah it could be yeah
1: <laughs> I, I, i'm going <sighs>
0: about what i read you know i'm not the gamer so I yeah i know I, I, am. I am the gamer and i
1: should have i should have paid attention to that um if you ever go back and watch pacific rim there's uh, the first one at least uh if you ever go back and watch that there's that female computer voice that's always talking you know announcing stuff that is the same voice actress who did the voice for gladys <laughs> it's the same it's the exact oh, okay. same voice yeah um so mother leaves daughter in the classroom and she's like, I have some lab work to do and I need to clean up the airlock from last night. So daughter sneaks out of the room to go find the woman in the airlock and the woman's passed out. She's got a bag with her and daughter finds a gun in her bag. Gets her to wake up. Like, like the daughter kind of like hides the gun behind her back, which like, this was a huge gun. You wouldn't stick that in your belt or anything. But to somehow, manage, somehow she manages to hide it. Um, so like the woman wakes up. She starts to take her mask off. And the daughter kind of freaks for a second. And she's like, why? What, what, what's wrong? She's like, are you infected? And the woman's just like, who put that in your head? There's no infection out there. Um, so they sneak off. But Mother is now looking at the airlock, scanning it, finds the mask that the woman left there. And, and while the, while we're seeing this daughter is hiding the woman in, in some back room, it's back where the incinerator was? Um, at this point, I don't know if you caught it or not, but I noticed that mother's feet look like she's wearing high heels. <laughs> uh, no, I did not. <laughs> Just the way they're designed. They look like big clunky heels.
0: <laughs> uh, nice. I did not catch that. Oh, I
1: thought that was a nice touch, but, uh, so, Daughter is, you know, she's getting a bunch of medicine, medical supplies and accidentally knocks over some glass bottles, you know, onto the ground. When she hears Mother coming, she she, she hits the, the ground really quick but cuts herself on, one of the, on some of the glass. And Mother is waiting. Oh, sorry, the woman is waiting for Daughter to get back and she sees Mother coming. She's still hiding, but she looks for her gun in her bag and doesn't find it. Now, when Daughter gets back with her medicine the woman kind of pounces on her. like, where's my gun? Give me back my gun. She says, there's a droid in here. Now I thought this was interesting because I thought Lucas arts held the, the copyright on the word droid. Cause like when the mm-hmm. Motorola droid phone came out, I remember looking at like advertisements for it and reading somewhere in the copyright or in the bottom where it says that droid was copyright Lucas arts or Lucas. Well, I guess George Lucas doesn't own all that anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Um, She's like, yeah, a droid.
0: I'm not sure about any of that.
1: Yeah. She's like, a droid Uh was the reason that she was injured, is what the woman says. Now, as all this is happening, Mother gets back to the classroom to find that daughter isn't there. And the woman hears Mother coming and takes daughter hostage and pulls her gun. And Mother is not having that. This woman shoots Mother twice, and Mother doesn't even slow down. (laughs) And daughter stops Mother from hurting her. It's like, She's like, she's hurt, she's scared, we need to help her. And okay, it's like, Mother's like, okay, take her to the infirmary. So basically, Mother tells the woman to take a seat and tells her daughter to leave. And Mother asks her, like, how far away was the droid that shot you? She tries to give the woman penicillin and asks if there are any others. And asks her, what did you tell my daughter? Um... And this woman is just not trusting mother at all. She's like, I'm not taking your medicine. I'm not. She's like, just stay away from me. And mother says, if I wanted you dead, all I'd have to do is leave. So she does that. She walks out and leaves the syringe on the table. So daughter asks mothers, like, did you know there were other people out there? And mother says she knew there were others, but she was just concerned with caring for her. That was her priority. That was her main directive, I guess. Um, right. So mother just wants to keep the woman locked up. She says a few centimeters to the right. You know, you, she, you can see that she's got this little like screen in her chest or something and it's cracked now. And she says a few centimeters to the right and she would have destroyed my CPU. So we, okay, we know that mother can be killed at least. (laughs) You just gotta be a very good shot. Um, so Mother wants the daughter to find out if there are any other survivors while she locks up the woman's gun. And Daughter is going through the woman's bag and finding random stuff. She finds like a ear of corn that's been half eaten. Uh, finds a small metal tin with some stuff in it. We never actually find out what's in there. I always wanted to find out what was in there. Uh, and she finds a book. It's a, it's a novel, but it's got drawings on all the pages of different people. So while we cut back to the woman who is locked in the infirmary, she's praying the rosary while daughter approaches from the outside. And you can see, I I thought this was crazy. You can see there were boot prints all over the door where it looks like the woman's been trying to kick her way out. So we know that even though these doors look like they're made of glass, they're very strong. Now, and daughter is like, she's just trying to figure out what's going on. What's happening outside. She's like, who are the people in the drawings? And the woman's not trusting her either. She's like, you got me locked up in here on purpose. And the daughter's like, no mother just cares for her. So the woman, but the woman's like you, you don't know what those things are capable of. I've seen them. I have seen them torture babies is what she says. And just like horrible stuff. And daughter's like, not mother. And the woman's just like, not yet at least. Um, That night, Daughter finds Mother swapping her hands because apparently she got hit in one of her hands. So she's literally swapping hands. Um, and she removes the bullet from earlier. Now, woman, now this Mother is really interested in knowing where the rest of the woman's family is. She's like, where are the other people she's talking about? And Daughter asks her, have you always lived in this bunker? And Mother doesn't remember. She doesn't remember any other place. Now they go back to find the woman and she's going into septic shock. She waited too long to take the penicillin and this woman still doesn't want mother's help. She would rather die. Now daughter's like, okay, I can take the bullet out myself. Because so apparently part of her growing up down here was learning medical procedures and stuff like that. Um, so she does this, she, she removes this bullet herself and the woman does not under, she, the woman refuses any anesthesia. So the so daughter just does this surgery pulling this bullet out of her while she's still awake. That, that's that got to suck. Um, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> so the daughter does manage to get the bullet out. And of course, the woman passes out. <laughs> now, cut to more of watching the Johnny Carson show, this time with Whoopi Goldberg as a guest. Now I'm like, I, I don't know when Johnny Carson gave up the Tonight Show to Jay Leno. Um, I don't know what year it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like to see Whoopi Goldberg on the Johnny Carson show doesn't seem like it'd be the right time here. Timeline for me, but it, it, it might. Who knows? Um, a woman is waking up and she sees the Tonight Show. She remembers it and she sees that daughter's brought food for her. And she's says and she looks at Daughter and says, you did right by me last night. And Daughter's just like, it's what any person would do. And the woman's like, no, you, you don't know people. So apparently, this woman has seen some shit on the outside from people as well.
0: And uh, just so you know, Johnny Carson went all the way to 1992, so Whoopi would have been oh. in there for Ghost at least. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: I, I guess we'll see. 92, I would have been six. So yeah, John I didn't even know who Johnny Carson was. Might have known who Whoopi yeah, Goldberg I was either. at I just that time. It up
0: real quick. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. So the next morning. Of course, while, while, while daughter and this woman are talking, mother is watching this exchange from outside. And that's where I'm getting like Hal 9000 vibes. Cause I'm like, is she reading lips? Is she, is she watching them and (laughs) reading their lips? Um, but the next morning mother is, or the woman is looking through her book while daughter sleeps and daughter is still trying to earn this woman's trust. And she's like, these, if these people are still alive, we can help them. Now, the woman says she was on a night run bringing food back to the camp. She and Jacob, some guy named Jacob, got lost. Thought they would just wait it out, but then the dozers found them. Don't know what a dozer is. I'd love to know what a dozer is. <laughs> and But he led them away so she could escape. And she says that Jacob's parents found her as, a, as an orphan, as a baby, and raised her. And just talking about how wonderful people are outside and says that it's safer in the mines and invites the daughter to come live with him. So mother comes in to see what they're all talking about. And she takes the woman's bag with all of her stuff. And mother wants her to, mother wants the daughter to take her exam now. Mother says she's discovered something troubling. That the bullet she extracted from this woman's wound was the same caliber that she hit Mother with. And that droids don't use that caliber. Okay, so another person shot her with the same gun? Or maybe she shot herself to make it look convincing? Who knows? Um, And Mother asks if she's mentioned any other people, and, and Daughter says no. Now... Mother's like, I don't want you alone with, in the infirmary with her. Whoever shot her may have had good reason to shoot her. So this is a very smart robot. <laughs> I, I, I worry if we ever get to the point where, where AI is this intelligent. Um, <laughs> now, daughter starts taking her exam, but it's asking... It's not asking, like, what's 2 plus 2 or stuff like that. It's more like a psyche valve. Um... And while she's doing this, Mother is going through the woman's things. Now, I, I miss this, but did she did she find this little device with the blinking light in her bag, or did she put it there? I miss it. Yeah, that. I'm,
0: not, I'm not quite too sure on that
1: either. Because we see her looking at it. Uh, it's got this little, yes. it's just a little square thing. It's got a blinking red light on it. Now, one of the exam questions was, I sometimes think about things too bad to talk about. And so, yeah, this is like a psyche valve and a medical eval because we see you know, the girl having to, you know, do uh, like exercise on a rowing machine and stuff like that. And mother's like, OK, you passed. You're doing better than ever. And as a reward, mother gives her the choice of the next member of the family. She picks an embryo and they put it through the same birthing process as earlier at 24 hours until this baby's ready. Bam, she chose <laughs> a brother. Yes, she chose a brother. She chose a little boy. And Mother says her brother is the first of many and soon they will welcome more. Now we cut to the woman still in the infirmary and she's like, she's got her, like the thing her IV bag was hung on and she's, I don't know what she was hitting because she like, it looked like a piece of wood that broke off, but she's hitting this like piece of furniture and and making a shiv out of what piece breaks out of. And daughter comes in and's like, Who shot you? Was it Jacob or was he fake too? And the woman's just like, Did you see Mother match the bullets to the guns? Did she did she see that the two bullets were the same? Yeah. So this poor girl just does not know who to trust at the time. Um, so that night while mother's asleep, daughter goes off to see if she can find the two bullets. And she pulls mother's extra hand and pulls the little key thing from her finger to get the bullet out of the drawer that's been locked up. She gets the bullet she pulled from the woman, and then she pulls the other bullet from Mother's hand, and they are not even close to being the same. No. (laughs) They look completely different. One looks like a pistol round, one looks like a rifle round. Um,
0: Yeah, see, I wouldn't have known that, but yeah, I could tell they weren't
1: the same. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So now she knows Mother has been lying to her. So she opens the drawers with all of her exam results and she, then she opens the thing with all the embryos in it and she sees that there are other embryos missing. More than one. More than... And not, not just counting the one that she just put in the, the Easy Bake. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- so she is not the first one. You start to see flashbacks of you know, the little girls from the beginning of the movie. And apparently those were different girls. She's looking at these test results for these different girls and noticing that they were testing lower than her. And, and while, while we're seeing this, it keeps cutting back and forth to her in the room with the incinerator, slowly walking toward the incinerator, pulling the bottom of it out where all the ash is and looking yeah. inside and seeing that it's big enough to fit a person inside. And this was, oh, this was horrifying. She found a piece of a jawbone in the incinerator. Yes. <laughs> and one of the test results that she was looking at says aborted. So she's not the first one mother has raised. And we know that mother has been aborting children that did not test as highly as she did. Like, oh my God. Now I'm just like, what the hell? Right, so what the? So that. That would
0: probably be why, like you said, it was
1: about 38 years. Exactly. At, at this point, I was like, that makes sense. 38 years trying to raise multiple kids and having to abort others. That makes total sense now. So the woman, she, you know, daughter goes back to the woman and was like, I was right, wasn't I? And the girl says, about everything. You were right about everything. And the woman's like, everything you're feeling is natural. We're just human. That thing feels nothing for you it can't so daughter wants to go to the mines with her She's like but i have to wait for my brother we got nine hours until he's born but the woman wants to know how many embryos there are and she's like i can't daughter's like i can't leave them with her i can't leave them with mother because she knows what could happen um and the woman's just like we got to leave now the daughter refuses and the daughter says they can leave while mother recharges. And daughter is looking at, uh, looking at the drawings in the book again. When all the lights come on, we see her taking supplies from the infirmary. When mother, when mother comes in, like she's taking, um, like stuff for the baby. She says she wants to spend some time with the baby. She's very excited and all that. And mother is like, okay, well, mix up the formula. And she's like, it's very specific. You have to be very precise. And like the daughter just scoops up a bunch of formula and, um, Mother grabs her wrist, like metal hand clamping around her wrist. She's like, "Are you okay? You're shaking." And we obviously know she's shaking because she's terrified of mother. But yes, mother's like, "Oh," and the daughter's like, "Oh, I'm just excited to meet the baby." I'm like, "Okay, fine, fine. Just uh, put that." And she's like, "Okay, just put the formula in the refrigerator there." And then mother locks daughter in the infirmary and leaves. So we're like, "Oh shit, what's gonna happen now?" what is mother going to do? Um, so mother goes to talk to the woman and asks how many people are still alive. Mother knows that the woman is trying to get daughter to leave. She plays back the recording of their conversation from the previous night. So apparently she doesn't have to have Hal 9,000 lip reading abilities. She can just record (laughs) everything. Um, (laughs) and all this time daughter is trying to escape from the room she's in. And she She's got this like can of, I guess it's air or oxygen. She's like hitting against the, the window and it's not working. So she does a smart thing. She sprays it with this air, this compressed air that's really cold. And waits for the, for the, for the glass to get cold or to, to start to get brittle. But the woman jumps mother, like jumps onto her back and cuts some kind of hose in her neck. I don't know what it was because apparently it didn't do much. Mother starts to act like she's malfunctioning for a second, but then a minute later, she's just fine. So, don't know what that purpose was. Um, and she just, like, Mother grabs the woman by her neck and is, like, holding her up against the wall, says, where are the mines? Where are the other people? She puts her fingers in the woman's gunshot wound. Like, oh, God, that would yep. suck so bad. <laughs> now, Daughter uses a small torch. Well, after she breaks out, she uses this, like, little blowtorch, I guess kind of a cauterizing thing, to set off the fire suppression system. And Mother runs out of the room now the woman manages to jam the door before before it can close and she escapes so while daughter is looking for the woman the woman is destroying like she's like pulling a bunch of wires in the um in the uh, electrical areas i guess the electrical pails which like how would she know how to do that if she's been living outside all this time she probably wouldn't know what all these things were um now they now daughter finds the woman and they both make it to the door, but they're locked in and mother shows up. She's like, I'm not going to let you take her. I'm not going to let you leave. But, but the woman takes, takes daughter hostage with the shift She made earlier. She's like holding this blade to her neck. And she's the woman's just like, open the door now and stay in here. So mother does surprisingly like mother lets this woman take her daughter outside and, uh, now, the outside, this is the first chance we get to see it. The outside looks very desolate. There are dead trees and dust everywhere. The the ground... So, the outside is pretty desolate looking. Definitely looks post-apocalyptic because there's, like, dead trees everywhere and dust. I mean, it, it looks to me like the ground is made of ash or covered in ash. I'm not sure what. And the daughter just like, doesn't know what to think. Cause the woman's like, we need to get out of here. We got to find cover. And she's like, the daughter's like, you cut me, you know? And she's, and daughter, and the woman's like, you're fine. You're okay. Let's just get out of here. So, you know, woman, the daughter starts asking questions and, but event, but then they hear something in the sky coming quickly. And it's some kind of giant drone, like huge, like not the kind you buy from best buy. This is a yeah. big drone. No. Um, <laughs> So that sudden, and then they they run, they run to get away from it. And suddenly there's this giant cornfield, like very green. It's not like dead. It's very green. There's real corn there. And the woman
0: in a row with a cornfield.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do we come up with these? How do how do we come up with these uh, these little things that tie our movies together? Are these movies all taking place in some vast, expanded universe or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so like, and yeah, the, the this girl's like, what is going on here? This cornfield is massive and it's all being tended by these robots. It's like a greener version of the matrix is what I thought of, you know, like the real world version or the real world in the matrix. It looks like that only it's green. Damn. So apparently the robots planted all these corn. All this corn, and the and the the, the, uh, the woman says, before all this, you could barely breathe. There wasn't a plant for miles, but now, these these robots are bringing back the planet, apparently. And uh, it just
0: started like six months previous. I yeah, think she says. Right? Yes,
1: yes. In six months, they built or they they grew all these massive corn fields. Um. Now they get to a beach, somewhere, and there's this big crashed cargo ship, and cargo containers everywhere and daughter's just standing there looking at the ocean. It's the first time she's ever seen it. um, And, you know, feeling the waves wash over her feet, even though she's still wearing shoes, which I hate that feeling of having wet, soggy shoes on. Um, yes. Now the woman opens <laughs> one of these containers and there's a dog inside and the girl, the girl daughter goes into see it and, and you know, there's food and like a little looks like a little place for her rosary, for her to pray and whatnot. And, there's nobody else there. This is the say, place. Well,
0: yeah. What's not there is the other people.
1: Yeah. That's the only thing missing from this picture are the other people she's been talking about and uh, no minds or anything. And so the daughter's like, what happened? Where is everybody? And this because in the woman says this is the this is the this, she she left the tunnels years ago and she hasn't seen a person since. And then she adds, not at least with flesh on their bones. And the daughter's like, well, they could still be there. And she said, if they were, it's the last place you'd want to be. She said they were going mad with hunger, doing terrible things to each other. So we know there's at least one possibility. There's a Mad Max in this universe somewhere. Uh, (laughs) Boy, Mad Max versus (laughs) robots. Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Oh man. And she, and now the daughter's freaking out because she left her brother there with, with mother, who has who we know has killed her children before. And she's like, I shouldn't have left him. And the woman's like, no, no, it's good that you listen to me. And the daughter, daughter wants to go back for her brother, and it's like. The woman's like, everything you need is here. And we and she promises that that everything is safe. And daughter's like, we can go back. I know how to handle mother. And fuck. And uh the woman's like you can't stay there. So the daughter just goes out to sit on the beach for a little bit when the dog comes up to see her. We see that there's a storm coming on the horizon and the woman comes out of the, her container to see that the daughter is gone. And yeah, this is where the daughter she cuz she's been in this like red jumpsuit huh, all this time or for this for the last bit of the movie and now she yeah she she like takes the top of it off so she's in a white uh, tank top so yeah that would be almost exactly like a portal reference. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> I wonder if this guy was a fan of Portal. <laughs> um,
0: Probably I know he was uh, he was a, mainly a commercials director before this. Okay. So um, maybe he had to, to do something with the Portal commercials.
1: Well, that would have been interesting.
0: i <laughs> in love with that. I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs> well. <clears throat> Now, daughter gets back to the door and it's very dusty and she sees this droid that she thinks is mother, that droid puts a laser sight right on her, like right on her chest. And then I I about shit myself when this happened, because suddenly there are dozens more laser sights on her, like all pinned directly on her. And there are dozens of droids outside and they all have guns. So she's holding her hands up and she's like, I want to speak to mother the robots look at her for a second and then just all like part right down the middle put their guns down and let her walk through so I'm like what the hell is going on right now Um, they don't say anything they just step aside and let her through the doors are open daughter steps back inside she closes the door and then disables the hydraulics from inside like so the door can't open she then sees a couple of fire axes hanging up in a cage. Now, this was one of the few things I was like, really? Come on. As futuristic as all this is, there are still fire axes hung up in this facility. Like, what is in this faci- It's not like this- there's any wood or anything in here. What are you possibly going to chop up with an axe? <laughs> um, but no. Daughter has this axe and is walking down the hallway slowly when we hear a baby crying. We hear her brother crying. Um, now the lights are all flickering because the woman messed up so much in the electronics earlier, so that's a really neat effect, I think. I always, I always like when lights are flickering in dark spaces. Um, now she finds Mother's spare hand and reaches for it when she just hears Mother's voice saying, I'm glad you're home, daughter. Safe where you belong. Stuff like that. So Mother is holding her little brother. And Daughter's like, I want to see him. She's like, well, come and see him. Just leave the axe at the door. So all the droids that were outside, Mother brought them there for their safety. And we find out that Mother, you know, has been controlling them. And now we find out she was the one responsible for the mass extinction. She was the one... (laughs) who killed everybody or tried to kill everybody so she could create better humans. Try to, I think she said, elevate her creators. That was the term she used. Um, So daughter puts the axe down so she can hold her brother and mother's just like, he's perfect. And daughter looks at her and is like, and what if he's not? She's like, you murdered your own children because they didn't measure up. And the daughter steps back and she's like, I won't let you hurt him. So she takes the ax and smashes the, the, like the keypad to the door as, as she leaves mother tries to leave, but her foot gets caught in the door. Now mother goes back to mother's other hand and gets the key again. So she can get the woman's gun from earlier. She, but she drops the shell. Of course, like she, this girl's never worked a gun in her life, but she somehow knows how it works. Um, she drops the shell and it rolls under a cabinet and we hear this muffled explosion from outside and we see that the droids are trying to get the door open and they're bringing in some kind of a tank from outside this big walking four-legged, just turret of some kind. Um, now mother starts to remove her leg so that she can get out when daughter pulls the gun on her and tells her to tell, calls the droid off, call the droids off. Um, and Mother says, you know, like, this body is no more me than the machines outside. She is, she's like, I guess she kind of is like Gladys, because she's one AI consciousness controlling everything. And the Ooh. daughter's, okay. yeah, she's like, I guess she's the one controlling all the droids that are replanting the food and all that. And, and But the daughter's like, I can take care of the family because that's what you raised me to do. Like I don't was like you, you don't have to do this. I don't have to stay here. We can survive on our own now. And mother, this, this part was, was almost a little tear jerky because mother reaches her hand out to her brother, you know, with, with like the warm part of her hand, I guess, and just pats his head a little bit and looks at daughter and says, you're still my daughter. And if you ever need to find me and the daughter just stops and she's like, I won't. Now we see that the tank is cutting through the door. And mother takes the gun, or like takes, the, takes, takes her daughter's hand with the gun and puts it to her own chest and tells daughter goodbye. And daughter pulls the trigger. Now, of course, all the robots stop cutting the doors open, stop trying to get in. That's it. That's the end of mother.
0: Now. Yeah, and that scene had a. Uh, it has the like the glowing ember look and it reminded me of T2.
1: Yeah, it kind of did. I remember that. I recognize that. Um, So back to the container on the beach where the woman is, she's drawing daughter in her book and she reaches into her bag and finds the small device from earlier that mother, I guess, put in there. Then she looks out the door and sees a droid just standing there. Now she slowly gets to her feet and grabs a crowbar. and now this droid doesn't have any guns, but it still looks different than Mother. But it's mother's voice. And she's asking yeah. the woman, "Do you remember your mother?" And she's looking at all this at all of the woman's uh, like religious stuff, you know her rosary and you know, and a um, Virgin Mary statue and all this, and she's like, curious, isn't it, that you've survived this long, as if someone had a bigger purpose for you until now. And the droid closes the door as the waves crash onto the shore. You can hear, you can see from the outside, you see the door close. You All you hear is the waves. I fully expected to hear screaming in a second, but that didn't happen. Because next we cut back to daughter yeah. in the bedroom, her old bedroom, which was the room where mother would sit and recharge, holding her little brother. And she starts singing baby mine, like mother sang to her when she was little. Now she goes back to the room where all of the embryos are stored and we get a close-up of her face as she looks around at these 63,000 embryos. And she just kind of smiles. Like, she looks hopeful. She looks determined. And roll credits. This was probably one of the most original sci-fis I have seen in a long time. Like... And I guess in a in a world where Star Wars is being kind of killed slowly, <laughs> it's it's refreshing <laughs> to see that some people can still do good science fiction. I really like this movie. I find the concept of like I said, this was what I was kind of hoping Chappie might be something like, you know, something like kind of a robot learning what it's like to be human or something like that. But for this one to have a, uh, you know, a robot programmed with these human instincts. I found that, I thought that was absolutely fascinating. And the special effects were great. I mean, mother was a super realistic yeah. looking robot. Uh, I think it's funny yeah, how, I with that.
0: yeah
1: I think it's funny how robots have changed. Robots in cinema have changed so drastically over the years. You know, they've gone from being like, you know, star Wars where they're kind of all, all, all different shapes and sizes. And, you know, androids like in Star Trek and stuff like that. Now, you know, I, I, I like the modern robot look, I guess. I, I really liked Chappie's design. I keep coming back to Chappie because I think that's the only other movie I can really compare this to. Um, but I really liked Chappie's design. I thought it was cool. Because um, it's it's humanoid, but it doesn't have like a human face um, and stuff like that, which I think is a really cool design choice. Um So yeah, if you're if anyone out there listening to this, if you haven't watched already, is in the mood for a good science fiction thriller kind of a mood. Of course, if you've listened to this, you've already listened to the whole thing. (laughs) I guess that kind of defeats the purpose. I would still recommend a good watch though. It is it is a good watch. So I guess we're kind of continuing our theme with mothers next week, because what are we watching, Josh?
0: Yeah, I guess we're gonna continue. I guess we can call this messed up Mother Month. I guess because <laughs> one of the main characters in this movie is is a mother. There's, I think, there's four characters this thing follows, if I'm not mistaken. Uh huh. But uh, yeah. Someone on Twitter reached out. They said that they they enjoyed us squirming while we reviewed kids. Oh. So I'll give a quick shout out to the Vern from Cinema Recall he said, I'd like to see you guys do Requiem for a Dream. And I was like, you know what? That kind of fits right here. So, yeah, we can do that. (laughs) Because Ellen Bernstein, the mom from The Exorcist, is in this movie. Along
1: with Jared Leto. So, I can't remember who else. I think Jennifer Connelly and Moe's Death. Was okay. it Most Death.
0: Like I have only seen this movie once, but uh, it's been a long time. But those are the two I remember.
1: That's one of those I've. I actually own that movie, but I haven't watched it yet. I found a cheap copy of it at the at the used bookstore. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Ellen Burn yeah Ellen Bernstein Jennifer Connelly Jared Leto and oh Marlon Wayans excuse me not Most Deaf Marlon Wayans. Um, okay. So one of the Wayans brothers. (laughs) This ought to be interesting. Uh, Okay, yeah, messed up mother month. We could probably keep that. (laughs) We could probably make that a theme.
0: (laughs) We we probably could.
1: could. (laughs) Oh, man. It's Mother's Day month. We're talking about messed up mothers, hopefully making you appreciate your mother a little bit more. (laughs) Your mother is not a murderous (laughs) robot. Your mother is not a... Um, uh, I don't even know how to describe Mother from Goodnight Mommy. She's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that should be interesting. So should we do like a fucked up father's month next month? <laughs> <laughs> there are probably plenty well, we of have moved... a
0: planned for next month. Yeah, no, we, we
1: do. I, like I, I thought about that as we were sitting down to record this episode. I'm like, no, we've already made plans for June. Oh, well. I might have to do that next year.
0: <laughs> uh, but yes, you're right. There would be plenty of options to do that.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fucking uh, Brimstone. Oh, that may be the most fucked up father in all of cinema history. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Brimstone. Yes. Uh, if anyone wants a really good Western, check out Brimstone. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't do an episode on that cuz we've already we both already seen it. So
0: That is true. you uh, have to bring someone on who hadn't seen
1: it. Yeah. Well, that is going to wrap this uh, wrap things up for this episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. Josh, you have a uh, a new little kind of a side project you're working on with Brad from Watchers Podcast, right? Want to talk about that? Uh
0: yeah. Yes, I am working with Brad Campbell from Watcher's Movie Review Podcast. Uh, Every two weeks we will be putting out a review on a subtitled movie. It's called Subtitle Sidewatch.
1: Subtitle Sidewatch? Huh.
0: Yeah, we came up with something. (laughs) So our first episode is out and it is uh, covering the first raid, the Raid Redemption. Okay. And how you find it. So, yeah, it's out now. Go follow them. Make sure you follow us. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell your friends.
1: You follow us on just about every social media. Yeah, I was about to say, just about every social media there is, we're on it. Yeah. And you can always follow me on YouTube at AdamantVO. Um, I have not been very active, I admit, during this whole quarantine thing because there's not been a lot to watch. Uh, There's been plenty to watch. It's just. I've been, I've been doing other things for like my mental health. I have been cleaning the shit out of my house right now. (laughs) Like when when we finally get to record again, you're going to come back and be like, dude, what the hell happened here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I need to do a video on Onward. I need to talk about Onward. That was a great one. I don't know if I ever asked you, what did you think about Onward?
0: Yeah, Onward was good. Yeah, I liked Onward. Yeah.
1: It was funny because the movie almost made me cry, but not at the point, not at not at any of the parts you might think it was spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Onward. You might want to skip this to the end. Uh, But the uh, the part where Barley sent Guinevere off on her last ride. Oh, that was hard to watch. (laughs) As a car guy, I could totally see myself doing something like that, like I'm gonna miss you, babe. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh man. You know
0: what? I may have said that to the family. I might have even said I can see Adam doing that. <laughs> I might have said that when you we were watching it. I feel like I did now that you bring that up.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. oh <laughs> uh, well again that wraps up this episode of cinematic blind spots thank you to all of our listeners we love and appreciate every single one of you but until next time i'm adam and i'm josh and always remember whether you're in your car or in your theater always check your blind spots you guys take care we'll see you next time